0: You're listening to the Hero Up Podcast with Jim Simcoe. Thanks for being here today. Let's get rolling with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hero Up Podcast. My name is Jim Simcoe with... I'm Blake. (laughs) Could you be more specific, please? I'm Blake Bender. There we go. Blake Eugene Bender. We have a very... We have a kind of a cool topic today. I was pretty psyched about this one. So this topic today is all about how to harness your inner power. Whatever that means. Whatever that I means. I look Blake forward to finding out. <laughs> yes. So this is going to be. So last week I uh, we had a competition at the gym mm-hmm. last week, which I want you to talk about in a minute. But um, because of my shoulder issue, I was not able to compete. So I judged, I was able to judge and it was, it was kind of nice. It was really a fun experience judging, which I'll talk about in, in, in a bit.
1: The power goes to your, straight to your head. It huh? goes straight to your head.
0: <laughs> Once they give you a clipboard and yeah. the ability to write stuff down about other people, it just was like, makes you official. Just, it makes it official, makes you just go, uh,
1: makes you go Wire.
0: But, um, but I found it really interesting. I learned a lot. Uh, it was very difficult or uh, very different being on that side of, mm-hmm. of the fence and seeing like what a judge goes through and then what you see other people go through. So I really wanted to talk about that today and learn, uh, get your insights into it. But before we get into all that, tell us a little bit about the competition, the setup, like what we're talking about, what actually happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the event that we're describing here is basically an in-house, uh, competition based, based around teams of four, in which we have technically four events, um, that are uh, intended to challenge the groups as a team and the collective, uh, abilities, um, of uh, of those four individuals, and of course, it's you know a spectrum as far as who's participating and competing. Some folks are relatively new with our facility and our gym. Other but folks are so new to fitness, yeah, and they're new new to fitness. Or if they're not new to fitness, they're new to like the genre of fitness that we kind of subscribe to, right? Um, and then there's other folks who are seasoned vets and have been doing this stuff for a long time. Um, this is definitely event that, an event that is intended to be. More about fun and kind of maybe some personal growth and things like that, as opposed to being the pinnacle of athletic competition. Right. Um. But I just think it's a, a really uh, healthy thing for people to, uh, every once in a while, kind of up the ante and and challenge themselves and be a little anxious and uncomfortable uh, yeah. about getting you know getting into something like that. Um. It usually will bring out either the best or the worst in people, which is totally you know, hopefully is the best in most totally cases. True. Would you say it's kind of like a mini CrossFit games? yeah of, i mean i guess like can you describe Yeah, certainly just,
0: for those of it for those people who are listening who are, you know aren't don't know much about functional fitness or fitness or crossfit mm-hmm. in general can you just, just describe some of the events that we yeah had yeah
1: to sure so um and this is kind of a template that or a, a framework that we found works quite well are you for a person us? who
0: says template or template template good yeah because people who say template
1: really like template. psychopaths yeah psychopaths um so uh I almost got an ab, ab spasm as we were talking, okay. and that really cold, pulled my distraction away. You get my, a lot of ab spasms. I do. I do. Very weak, uh, susceptible <laughs> abdominals. Um, in any case, uh, so the events, which, again, we found this to be a an appropriate template mm. um, in, in which we'll try to challenge our, our group on a kind of a spectrum of abilities – Um, In many cases, and and was the case last weekend, we had folks perform uh, a one rep rep maximum of a particular lift. Um, The teams, again, teams of four, we gave them uh, four different options, and everyone had to complete one of those four options. So, for example, it was hang squat clean or or, uh, hang clean, uh, clean from the ground, any variation of those two, uh, snatch of any variation, and a thruster. Right. Um, which is basically a front squat into a press overhead. Right. Um, in any case, uh, that provides a little bit of flexibility so that people who are, are newer they can do things that have less less complexity and so on and so forth. Got it. So that's a strength event. Um, the The score is the added um, you know added best weight. lift of each individual. Right. The second event is. The antithesis of that, which is a gymnastic strength capacity, so it's a little bit harder harder to describe, but basically there's four or five different uh, movement progressions in which, uh, for example, if you took a handstand, one person could say, I want to try the handstand progression that's valued at four points and if they were successful in performing that four point uh, they got progression four then they got all four points if they right. failed in their 30 second window of time that they had to uh, complete it then they did, got zero points um, and then there was up to four points there was a three-point option a two-point and a one-point option which was of course far more uh, manageable than the, the four-point option yeah. but it, it definitely forced people to uh, just self-reflect and kind of you know make a, de- a decision on do they want to go for something that's really ambitious and possibly fall up short um, or do they want to play the conservative route? And of course, there's some calculation that takes place there. Right, 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 right. Um, Event three was uh, a very short, fast event where basically uh, it it takes about three minutes or so. One person will perform anywhere from 12 to 21 burpees and then uh, hop on the rower and sprint for 500 meters, which is – Usually about 90 seconds to, to two minutes.
0: Feels like an attorney.
1: Feels I like an attorney. Say, I've done it plenty yeah. of times. It
0: feels like you're going to die. Yep. And it feels like it's the worst. It's like some watching- people were
1: close. Some people were close. It'd Nobody, like,
0: we didn't have any true casualties though. You would be like watching my wife and her ex boyfriend slow dance to my favorite song. Like, like <laughs> That's not a good,
1: one. good. I like that. Um, so that, you know, it's basically you go, he go, she go, I go. You know, fourth person goes. Yeah. Um, cumulative time, and then the fourth event again, a little bit more complex in terms of describing. Uh, that but if was that, a chipper, right? Yeah, and so if that third event was very like anaerobic in nature, it was very uh, sprint, just high end sprint, sprint yeah. endurance, basically. Um, this last event was a little bit more stop and go, stop and go. Um, the limitations were often, oftentimes not just like, can I keep, uh, not so much like, I know I can keep moving, but if I slow down, which is like kind of how it is when you row, it's like, yeah, you, you never have to stop. If you do, you're being a real weenie at that moment right. in time. Nobody real wants weenie. to be a weenie. Um, uh, so in this event, it was like if you reach fatigue doing toes to bar, which is a kind of a gymnastics exercise, and you have to stop and you have to rest for a little bit. Right. Um, and so we we refer to that as like a the structure as a tunnel, meaning okay. that if the first person begins, the second person can't go until the first person has completed their. Station. Oh, got it. Okay, okay yeah. The third person can't go until the second person stays ahead of them. Right. Um, and so <clears> this <throat> reason, there's a for this reason, there's a little bit of planning involved and making sure that you sequence the uh individuals in a manner that allows them to not get too slowed down by somebody who's too too slow in front of right them. right, right. so anyway that's what we had for events and then you did you so
0: you and eric put this together i mean did you tell us a little tell me a little bit about how you set the teams up and like did you put a lot of thought into that i mean this is how many events are this this is probably get you've done what at least I five mean, or ten events at this point right yeah I mean, i've I mean, done four i, I think
1: every single day of my life is kind of an event. So, um, you know, to say the least, it's not our first rodeo in doing these things. And when we're creating the teams, we kind of create, we created the events first so that when we picked the teams, when we picked the teams, we can kind of just like go through that process at the same time and say, okay, well, we know that we have multiple people that can perform these lifts that, you know, that people can stay safe and, and have a good job, you know, have a enjoyable experience. Like, you you factor in even things such as like, oh, I think these people enjoy being on teams or if somebody's newer yeah. and you kind of know how they uh, operate in a group environment, you want to just create and construct teams that you hope people will um, enjoy. And in some cases, you know, you get it perfectly right. In other cases, you, you, you know, miscalculate a little bit. This one
0: seemed pretty, pretty even. Mm-hmm. I was pretty struck by as, uh, you know, judging three or four teams, mm-hmm. how even they were. In their times and in their weights, and they they just seemed all really close. Yeah. Like when you looked at the when I looked at the teams, I was like, there wasn't, there really weren't any teams that stood out where I was like, wow, these, these you know, this team's gonna crush it. Yeah. Every team I looked at,
1: I was like, wow, they could win. Yeah. These guys could win. This thing could win. And I and I think uh, that's a reflection that we just have a pretty, you know mature group from their, yeah. from a training developmental perspective. And I, I think I even noticed that more this year than, and then in previous years that it seemed like the tightest race of the bunch that the, um, like just the, the groups on average were pretty, pretty fair. And, and it was really anyone's game at that point.
0: Yeah, they really were. Um, okay. Were you su- just question another question for you? we'll talk a little bit about the lessons, but before I get into that, were you surprised by the results at the end?
1: Not really. I mean, I go into these things with an open an open mind. And yeah, that's my question. Like, so are there teams where you're like, "Wow, I think these guys are." Gonna I win. think. I mean, I think lot the 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 year previous when we created the teams, then the team that ultimately won, it we had a little bit of an oversight in like when we were constructing them because when they showed up on game day, I was like, "Yeah, no shit, they're gonna win." Yeah, like it, it it just was like very clear and, and obvious that that team had. Uh, the component parts to to yeah. likely win unless something went really wrong. Um, this year, in, in contrast, I thought any one of several teams could have won. And right. again, like the uh, the top teams uh, uh, tied tied for first place. Um, and then we made up some arbitrary tiebreaker rule at the end. There you <laughs> go. There you go. Sounds fantastic. Do it. Uh, yeah. But either way, it's, you know, the the hope is that these things like remain pretty tight and that you have people, Pushing themselves and like just going to a, a deeper, darker place than yeah. they're, they're accustomed to is yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, um, so that was another thing I thought was interesting was that so you posted the teams what like a week before? Is that about right? Before yeah, a week, so week and a like half, that? maybe week and a half. So it was interesting to see how the different teams were talking to each other and getting together, and how like you know, I mean, there was one team that I know of that actually built a full on. Not a spreadsheet. I mean, a lot... No, it was a a spreadsheet. Well, there was was one thing that did a spreadsheet, but then there was another team where the dude actually wrote code, like computer code, to figure out
1: how best to win the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: which I was like, I heard that. You know, Eric told me that, and I was like, wow, (laughs) that's a lot of effort. Yeah, 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 totally. And everyone wore, like, you know, their special... uh, Totally. uh, ...uniforms or whatever. But, so a couple of things that I, I, you know, in judging the teams, I, I found that I really... I was amazed by the power of effort mm-hmm. and amazed at the ability to see or the amazed at witnessing people just able to dig deeper like just dig fucking yeah deep yeah and get into a deep dark place totally. like you're saying and 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 really just go way beyond yeah. you know, way beyond what they thought they were going to. So that's that's really the 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 crux of the talk today is like you know how do you harness your inner power clearly these people you know who were able to do that didn't drastically improve yeah, sure. in a week. They had that in them and it just was released. Yeah. Um, what examples of growth did you witness in this? Give me some examples. Sure, sure. Um, You can use names. You could know, not use names. It's up to you. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I think it, it really is at the core of why we uh, why we host these types of events and why I think that it's appropriate for people to – sign up for things that kind of make them a little bit nervous and scare yeah. them a little bit and challenge someone to step outside of their comfort zone because it's just very rare I think as adults and, and for the most part people encounter it much more frequently as children that you're really challenged in that sense as frequently like usually what happens like the usual kind of progression there is adults find whatever they're good at and then they kind of stick with whatever they're good at and then Stay whenever whenever shit gets kind of scary they outsource it or they they choose not to sign up i i will say it's very notable that the people that grew up in athletics and and uh taking on physical challenges and things like that tend to be a lot more confident in signing up for for these types of events and i I mean i get it like those often are also the better athletes as as well so it, it kind of makes sense um but the my my favorite thing to kind of watch and observe is to see that person who is very just uneasy going into it. And then they just pour themselves into the event. And like on the one side, I will say we, I honestly grappled with this for a long time. Like there was a year or two that I don't think we hosted the event and almost, you know, as a fault of my own organization and and, and of thinking, um, was kind of just like not wanting to put people in an environment where they're overextending themselves too much. Uh, And you can, you can do that very easily when you like put pressure on them put you know teams are relying upon them they feel like this is more serious and i mean it's as arbitrary as any other day in in your your life there's no money on the line there's you know nothing outside of a couple of attaboys on the line basically Right, 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 um and and yet people take it much more seriously and again i i don't like to put people in a position where i think that the likelihood of injury or something along those lines uh comes along with it. Right. Fortunately, we're in a position where we can structure things to really try to safeguard that. And, you know, part of physically challenging yourself is, is assuming a little bit of risk. But, um, in my experience, it's a really important and valuable thing to assume some risk on occasion, because that's the only way you get to know what your limitations and your boundaries are for these types of things. And, uh, who was i gonna uh, comment on that? just that it's so it's so common that that person does you know step out outside of their comfort zone, sign up for the event they do you know just as an example, the burpee sled push, and man, they just like put themselves into to such a darker you know place than they ever have before. And obviously, like I'm not excited when they're reeling in pain and lying and squirming on the floor because they work so hard and their legs are killing them and they're tired right, for like right. literally 45 minutes after. <laughs> but when you have a conversation with the person, you know, following that up there, they tend to be so proud of like, the effort that they put forth and they recognize like I couldn't have done anything else like to, that was the, that was my best foot forward. And then coming back from that, you can have a conversation every single time they, they come to train and to challenge themselves again, that, that it's kind of like, well, we know what you you're capable of in terms of pushing yourself. Right. I don't need, I don't need that level of, you know, uh, you effort, know, yeah. effort every single day. I don't think it's appropriate to just like, you know, wreck yourself every time. But you need to challenge your body if you view it as just like a, you know, your body is a system of systems, you have to impose enough stress on the system that it has to reorganize and and get better. And, uh, that's one of the biggest limitations of a lot of folks is that they don't necessarily bring the level of, um, effort into what they do. And I'm sure that there are parallels that we'll get into into how that translates into your life elsewhere. Um, but that's why I think these types of competitions are so important for people is because they just reevaluate that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was awesome on so many levels in that, in that sense. Um, what i one of the things i wrote down for our notes here is that just seeing the power of effort and how to dig deeper and 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 really kind of like seeing people who you know understanding pain and discomfort as they relate to a goal you're trying to hit mm-hmm. and understanding the difference between pain and damage yeah right cuz if you blow yourself out on the burpees and the rower and you're just you know you're just maxed at the end of it that's incredibly uncomfortable yeah. and incredibly painful, but there's not really long term damage to it, no, right? Like there's, there's just you're just psychological gonna, damage. Psychological.
1: I think I have psychological have damage that I don't want to go through that yeah, anymore. <laughs> I
0: I still remember one of the very. I remember one of the very first workouts we ever did when uh when I first started training, and I can't remember if it was you or Eric, and it was when Scott and I first got here, and we were on the bike, <laughs> and you guys were like, we were in the training thing, and we I still remember we had to do we had to get. Uh, nine cows on the bike and I still remember we were, we were like right next to each other and I had seven cows and Scott had like six and I was looking over and it was either you or Eric who were like you better not let him catch you <laughs> and I was like I remember thinking like in my head, I would make <laughs> yeah I remember my head thinking like oh shit like yeah I don't want him to catch me yeah. at all and I was already close to redlining it and uh, I just yeah. redlined it even more and that freaking hurt yeah like it was like painful so I think it was interesting to see like People who are willing to get into that place, but then also understand, like, there's a difference between pain slash discomfort and damage. Yeah. So on the lifts, I saw a lot of people who they really got to the PR and maybe a little bit past the PR, Mm -hmm. but they weren't doing things that were going to, like, hurt themselves. Sure, sure. You know, they were smart enough about it from that perspective. Um, If if
1: I can uh, touch on just a a relevant topic on that... in something I have observed in uh, training and in, in gym environment in terms of one of the most important uh, characteristics of people being successful is having a really short memory for how uncomfortable and uh, like those experiences are because like truly yeah. I, I do understand how – tough it is to, to go and push yourself every single day. And, and you know, if it's a, the physical discomfort for rowing as hard as you possibly can for three minutes and then, you know, getting up and doing it again repeatedly for, or somebody who's grinding every single day at work. And the, the people that have that short memory, I'm using quotations right now, yeah, uh, that are basically able to, you know, Put that somewhere else in their brain and forget about how uncomfortable it was to put put those long hours in, yeah. or That's to do point. that over and over again. I uh, versus the folks who they they get really uncomfortable one time at the competition and then they're just like, I am not doing not that, doing that, again. that there's again. There's No chance. Yeah, they don't and, want it, to. and it can honestly like almost push people back because they they learn what it actually truly feels like to be uncomfortable in something. Yeah. Um, and there's probably also the the discomfort that comes from like putting yourself out there, but not knowing if you'll be successful and maybe you are, but maybe you're not. And so there's definitely some like emotional pain that can come in hand in hand with, uh, trying as hard as you freaking can literally being more physically uncomfortable than you've ever been and still not being good enough. I think if the people who are able to just be okay with that, like if you can cope with that and understand, like that's really all we can do in this world is yeah. try as hard as you fucking can. And maybe you come up short and, that's kind of the nature of, the nature of sport life. and that's why sport is a really great analogy for everything else in life and it, it really does develop, the, it gives you the opportunity to develop coping skills to learn those lessons and, and you know, yeah. and vo- move forward. I think it's totally true. I mean, I think it's, uh, yeah,
0: I totally agree with everything you just said. So I'm actually not going to respond to that because it's just like, I, I feel like I would cheapen the moment, Don't but um, I don't want to do that. So one of the things I, I was thinking when I was walking around judging was- um, really the effects of a positive environment mm-hmm. and how it gets you to dig deeper. And, and I, you know, I'm kind of like one of these people who I do believe your environment affects you. Like, I do believe it. Yeah. I feel like if you work in a cool office with cool people, you'll do better work and you'll like it more. Yeah, yeah. And I was, but I was kind of had a grain of salt to it. And like, you know, like, well, yeah, that's, you know, that's, I would say it's, that's, that's largely true. right? Yeah. But the thing that I noticed, and I hadn't noticed it before, so it's kind of, of, a, it's kind of a gift because being you know instead of being in the competition versus, yeah. um, oh, excuse me, judging instead of being in the competition, I was able to see it firsthand is the effect of a positive environment. And there's something about when you're on a rower and you're just redlining it and you have people literally screaming in your ear, mm-hmm. cheering you on, how you're just able to do more. You're able to lift more. You're able to go faster. You just—I just saw so many examples of people who PR'd on things, like set a personal record or did better than they thought because they had people in their in their ears just screaming at them, cheering them on. I mean, there was one moment when Erin was rowing, and at that time their team was behind, and everybody was rowing. You know, she started. She got on the rower. And everyone's just, you know, she's going at a pace and everyone just starts like screaming at her, go, 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 go. And, and like she picked up the pace. And they hmm. like, I'm judging. and I'm like looking at the meters, looking at the time. And I'm like, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, you're she's like, doing great, but you're like, she can't keep this up, right? Don't drop the ball, Jim. Don't, don't drop the, the ball. <laughs> Make sure I count this correctly.
1: Make sure I count this correctly.
0: But it was crazy to see her like – She just got into another gear. Yeah. You know, she just got, you
1: know, and... She really, really did. Because I I didn't see that, but I saw her on the floor afterwards and I've never seen seen her
0: like that at all. But it just reminded me of like, wow, like how important your actual environment is. And and I saw that, you know, I saw that happen with a bunch of different people. Mm -hmm. Saw people like who were, you know, had no business lifting or doing some of the things that they were doing and crushing it. Totally. Like Seamus throwing up his throwing up his clean without even like, you know, like just well, well above what I thought he'd be able to do. And I think, so talk to me about that. What do you
1: think about that? I mean, totally. I mean, uh, so I, I too think I am one of those people that shared similar sentiments to yourself as far as like environment and taking those things with a grain of salt. Um, as I mean, I will say, I think that people also create their own environment. Like, if you're kind it's of a, if, if you're a you know kind of a dickhead walking around the world then you probably have a lot of negative interactions mm-hmm. and if you're jim simcoe and you're you know a, a good dude who's just generally very pleasant to be around <laughs> uh then you probably put yourself that. in a position and interact with the world in a way <clears throat> that allows positivity to come back into your circle um so the first thing i, I will kind of make note is i think that there is some accountability on like creating your own environment sure on the flip side of that um it It is uh, incredibly important, I think, to understand yourself and learn how you can create accountability or put yourself in a position that uh, encourages and promotes and cultivates success. Totally. Um, some people, they do really well if they are in a team environment. They have this, you know, like humans tend to be social creatures. We don't want to let our comrades down, you know, athletic competition. There's probably parallels to – to war and people wanting to go, you know, yeah. to to take on challenges together. And I think that's why you see this very, like, primitive you know, and the, this primitive nature come out where people are willing to just push themselves for the the greater good of the group as opposed to yeah. like this idea of like, oh yeah, like I'm just here to get my workout in for the day and check the box. And like, you know, if I go 10 seconds slower, no big deal. Cause it's, you know, what's the, what is, what's the difference? Yeah. Um, and so when people, you know, can find that higher meaning and higher value for them, and, and it doesn't have to be, you know, from the peers, maybe, maybe you are somebody who's just like, I don't give a shit about my team. all I care about is that everybody sees how fast I am and I'm just crushing yeah. it, and you're truly motivated but you know and I don't want to say it in like a negative way, but if it's like your ego which oh, is just a different it's just it's a, a different, different deal if it's <laughs> different motivation, but for some people, that can be enough to uh on a regular regular basis push themselves even further they want to be yeah. uh you know build, climb their way up or claw their way up the social hierarchy or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so you probably want to find yourself. And I think that's like a lot of athletes are that way. That's one of the greatest tools for, uh, for athletes to improve is to find people who are nipping at your heels or just a little bit better for you. Yep. Um, as those are the types of people that are going to challenge you to be better and you're going to have an environment where people are like constantly trying to knock others off the, the podium and the top of the ladder. I think there's a, a really great example of that when, uh, the first person in the world ran a mile in uh, Roger Bannister in under yeah. four four minutes. Um, it had never been done. People were asking whether it was physiologically possible. Would somebody just die if that it's, happened? N- it's not with my body. And, <laughs> and then, and then, when the, the I don't know the the details on the individual who did it, but shortly after the guy who did it, it just happened again and again. And now, yeah. people in high school are breaking it on a semi regular basis. Yeah and it just kind of goes to show when you know it, you surround yourselves or you see what others can do and it's really helpful if that person looks like you is a similar age, has similar interests. You know, it's not right. uh, it's not the easiest thing to compare yourself to somebody who's 20 years older or 20 years younger and has totally different life experiences. Right. Um, but just figuring out what environment it is that you want to uh, be surrounded by and, and ensuring that that is where you place yourself to kind of support yeah. your goals.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was shocked by it. I was shocked by it. I, I I can't agree. I can't agree more. And I think you're right about the you know, that going back to that example of um, – I think his name is Roger Banister, but mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong. That could have been my math teacher in high school. Yeah, I can't remember. But um, but when he broke it, I, it was something like twenty-five people did it in the next year. Like Maybe. some some crazy yeah. Yeah, number nice. of people, and it just it goes um
1: uh, along kind of what I was my next it shows, one shows that psychological barrier for sure. Like it cool. was clearly it wasn't a physical thing because there's twenty-five people within a year that are able to do it. Right, right. It's I, just a it's psychological, psychological barrier. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's another thing I was going to say about the competition was that um. In seeing so many different people PR and go faster Mm -hmm. and do more than what they thought they could do, I think, you know, one of the keys of being able to harness your inner power in that experience is that you're able to, you know, reset your ideals of really what you can do. Mm -hmm. And like you see, like to your point, you see someone else doing 21 burpees in, you know, a minute and a half or whatever it is. And you all of a sudden are like, well, wait, I can do that too. And it forces you to sort of reset what you believe. Yeah, And I think that that's super cool because now now the world becomes this open area for you because you're like, holy shit, like I, I can do all this stuff because yeah. I just saw Joe do it. Mm-hmm. And Joe's built just like me. Yeah, totally. So I think that was cool. Um, what did you, where did you see, and this is if you did, where did you see people fail or act or <laughs> act negatively or or sure, sure. be, obviously don't say their names, but it, did you see anything like that? Oh, I want to say
1: so many names right now. Uh, nah, Sorry I honestly, judges. so um in many cases, uh, and this was overwhelmingly so much more positivity than there was negative te- negativity. Uh, kudos to our group, is I think that most everyone was was very mature in, in yeah. like their approach. Um, you know, quite frequently, for example, during the gymnastics uh, event. Um, in which people were taking risks going for point values and movements that they weren't sure, sure if they would get going into it. Like there was many occasions where I, you know, would no rep someone and they uh, didn't get the points and they got a zero in that uh, part of the the event. Um, and so I think that like anytime somebody encounters something like that, you basically – it's just such a, a good demonstration of character because that person then has the opportunity to own their shit and say like – Damn it! Like, yeah, you're right. Like, it's talk about the Drew thing. Talk about the Drew example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, that. and so, uh, the example that Jim's referencing is one of our one of our guys in here, Drew, uh, who's
0: relatively of, new. But yeah, he's a new big he's dude. a new
1: guy, but he's he's a cool big, strong, good athlete. Um, he was already kind of pre-fatigued going into this, but he has to climb up to the the top of the rope without using his legs, which was uh, valued at three points. Uh, and, and he's so, a big dude to do that. because yeah, he weighs two hundred plus. Right. Yeah, probably two fifteen something like yeah. that. So he gets. Uh, 90% of the way up the, up the rope still hasn't used his legs, uh, you know, lunges or kind of tosses his body up there, tags at the top bar. But part of the standard was that you had to touch the bar and then climb your way back down uh, under control. Cause we wanted to instill some, uh, safety regulations on the show. Sure. Uh, and so he uh, he doesn't get the point because he doesn't you know control the rep and comes down and you know you can just kind of see the exasperated like ah oh, dang kind of look in his face and then you know within fifteen seconds and oh at, at the time I blurted out and I'm not even his judge at the time I'm just kind of making making rounds around the room I just call out to him like no rep and I point at him <laughs> <laughs> which Kurt, certainly like people who or want somebody who is less mature in that situation is gonna try to barter with me or, or, you know, have some like, come on or something like that type of reaction. And within 15 seconds, Drew comes up to me is like, you know, well, well, I hated the call. Like, you know, that was the right call or whatever. And you know, whatever. And so it, it just reflects really positively on, on Drew. And there are many, many examples of those types of things, um, throughout the weekend. And, and the same is true when, um, somebody tries as hard as they freaking can and they push themselves on the rower and they've, they're more uncomfortable than than they've been whenever, uh, ever before. And they get last in the event or they don't get the placement that they were hoping for. Yeah. It's just such a reality, reality in life. And people who want to fight the machine or fight the, the way that, that the it, things are structured, they're going to have a much harder time as opposed to taking ownership that it's like, you know what, you didn't do the work or you haven't built the infrastructure and the right. people who are really excelling, it's not an accident. It's because they've worked really hard at this and set up their lives such that they can be more fit and, and cultivate the physical abilities that they can. Right. Um, and if you haven't, then now you have an understanding of what work you know you need to do in order to get to that point. And if it's not super important to you, then you don't have to, to do that. But if it is important, now you understand yeah. you know, the, the scenery. <laughs> I thought it was interesting.
0: I, one thing I thought about that, which I thought was interesting was that I was surprised more people didn't fail mm-hmm. in some of those movements, um, and I guess that's a question for like a different day. Because is it like if you're pushing yourself to the line? Sure, should we have seen more failure in certain things? Yeah, we saw a couple. Like there were a couple of, uh, and I, I will say like you know to your point about Drew and uh, the, of the people I saw fail like on their PR attempts, they were the more experienced athletes, sure. the ones who have been here longer. Who played college sports, you know, Katie and mm-hmm. uh, Feasby. And and what was interesting about that was like, they were okay with failing. Yeah. Like they went to, uh, Katie went to, I wanna say Michigan. 120 oh, I the Michigan. You, I that, thought you were asking, you made yeah, a call, right? No, she went to, yeah, she went to Michigan t- where Tom Brady went to. And, uh, <laughs> gosh, you're <a> loser. <laughs> We'll now spend 20 minutes talking about how great Tom Brady is, yeah. five Super Bowl rings. Uh, although I think I, I am faster and can bench more than he oh can. My God. But anyway, but so she, she failed on a PR of 120 on the snatch. Yeah. Right? And then Jeff failed on – I can't remember what the hell it was, but he failed on something else. Mm-hmm. And they, they clearly had gotten to their 100% sure, sure. of the most that they can do, went a little bit further, failed on it dropped the bar and then they both were kind of just like like to your point earlier about the short memory thing they both were just kind of on to other shit yeah after that and it was kind of cool to see it was kind of cool to see like somebody who's like i gave it all i gave my everything on that didn't fucking work yeah and now i'm on to the next thing it was such a i felt it was such a healthy way to like try and hit something yeah yeah and be okay with the fact that i gave 100 and it didn't work yeah and it's that's just all it is like you're saying to own it and move on, and yeah. like just it is what it is. So,
1: if if I can touch on that, I think uh, in my as I you know this is my gym, so the people who are here have been participating in this activity for less time. I have uh, grown into a place where any time I attempt a PR, like I don't need to hit the PR, but if I attempt a PR, like that's a really good day because I know yeah. how much. I know how much work and many times it's weeks, if not months of trying to put your into yourself into a position. So you even have the opportunity to be better than you've ever been before. And, uh, it, you know, more often than not, since I've been doing this specifically for 10 years or whatever, uh, more often than not, I'm not hitting PRs, but every once in a while it does come around and just got to cherish it that little bit more. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But it's, you know, it's just a reflection that those people know that this is kind of what the process is. Um, and you know, maybe, maybe they hit a small PR, but they wanted that 10 pounds. And I think that the people who really get like disappointed if, uh, you know, they were realistically, they can, I'm just making up numbers, can hit 175, but they in their head had had made out that they're going to hit 205. They're just not familiar enough with what they're capable of at yeah, that time. They, they haven't really spent listen. enough time maturing and, and yeah. developing a, a high level self-awareness around yeah, that yeah, skill. Yeah. Um, and so I think that just reflects like maturity in your approach. And uh, yeah, anytime you get to attempt PR, that's a good day. It is a good day, man. I mean, it's like, I remember with the first time I did
0: Uh, I squatted 200 Mm -hmm. and I remember I remember specifically not looking at the bar before I did it and I was like because I don't want to know that this is over 200 even (laughs) even though I knew it was 200 like I knew it I didn't want to say it out loud and and I did it and I felt so good after the fact and I was like I was like oh wow that's like crazy that I hit that yeah and I remember just feeling grateful. I wasn't even like, I mean, I was s- stoked. I hit it. Right. Mm-hmm. But I was more grateful. I was, I was like, wow, I'm just grateful that my body is in a position where yeah. like, I can even try to, again, yeah, yeah. Like, if I failed. And it makes me think about like, I, what you're, as you're talking, one of the things that struck me is, you know, I've been here for a few years and I, and I'm like, wow, like I really haven't failed on too many PRs. Mm-hmm. And then, Which a lot of people would think, well, oh, that's a good thing. You just haven't hitting, you're hitting all of them. Sure, sure. And it's really not. It's really, it's like, maybe I'm just not trying as hard as I should be because maybe I should be failing
1: more at them. And maybe just, you need uh, to have a little heart to heart with Jim. And, maybe uh, I need to have a heart to heart with Jim. He needs to talk to Jim later Or, or your coach maybe My and coach, have him yeah. step it up. Let's, coaches it, have it, been it, kind it, of lackadaisical lack days it, lately.
0: <laughs> the coaches here have been really rough. Not Eric DePaul, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Lindsey. Or uh, Lindsey. Or, or, Lindsay or, or Laura, Laura. Or Trish. Or Trish. Or Trish. But, the rest but there's, of the there's one, of those, it, one other dude. <laughs> um, all right. So a couple more questions and we'll close out with some lessons. But what other insights did you see? Or let me ask this. What insights did you see? And was there anything that just surprised you? Anything where you were like, you saw that and you're like, oh, shit. Like, does any of those moments come up or?
1: Oh, man. It it takes a lot to surprise me nowadays. And so.
0: That, he, just, he, yeah, just, he just jumped out of his seat.
1: Uh, it takes a lot to surprise me just because, I mean, I I spend so much time observing and you know problem solving with the the group that we have uh, immediately. I think it probably – I could have been much more surprised if we had a group that wasn't from my little community here that, yeah, that was the true. case. Um, I don't know that it would it, – I would say that it surprised me but the uh, willingness of some folks to just push themselves to – on levels that I hadn't seen before yeah. um, which has been a theme throughout this conversation today like really stood out to me a lot and I thought that was awesome. Um, I, I really just appreciated the tone with which people were willing to compete that weekend. And I think it's, uh, a a really healthy approach for people to basically go out there, put their best foot forward. Uh, people are developing strategies with their teammates. They're learning to rely upon other people, but also take personal responsibility. Um, and so those are, those are truthfully kind of the major themes. And, you know, we went out and had a couple of beers afterwards and, uh, enjoyed the rest of our evening. So, um, yeah, I can, I can pretty well say that I didn't have too many surprises on that. That's good. That's good. It's
0: probably a good thing. Okay. So the lessons that I got out of this, and I would like to hear your point on this. I have four lessons out of this. okay The first one in terms of harnessing your inner power as it relates to this is I really think that we can all do more than we think. And, you know, one of my best friends, Jim Egan once said, maximizing your DNA is really one of the biggest keys to life. And mm-hmm. I always thought that that was such a cool thing to say, but so talk to me about that. Like, so we seem to put these, um, uh, artificial barriers in our head. I only can do this. I only can do this. Mm-hmm. It seemed that in, in seeing this in competition in its rawest form, so many people were able to do a lot more than the than what they think. And they were like, act like walking around actively, like surprised. Like, yeah, yeah. Holy shit. I can't believe I just did that. Yeah. Like, that's nuts. What do you, what are your thoughts on that?
1: You know, I, I think that's, uh, that's, if there's not any other lessons, I don't know what the other three you have on your list are, but if you, you walk away with just that one, um, I think that is something you can probably try to evaluate and where, where else in your life does that, is that the case? Because like I know for my, myself personally, Uh, I'm generally quite confident in taking on physical challenges, and that has been something that's been instilled through into my own life, you know, through my own life experiences. Um, But I'm sure that there are facets of having more confidence in the way I approach business decisions, or. Just other other avenues in my life that I need yeah. to to draw that same parallel into, um, and part of it is just having reference points around you. It is trying to have communities of people who are constantly challenging and pushing you, and and you know using that this uh, exercise competition uh, analogy, doing things that make you uncomfortable on a regular basis is going to be super important because right. if you're not getting uncomfortable, then you're not growing and you're not like learning how to problem solve new challenges. And you may not get it right. Like there was probably people who were a little over their head this weekend and got more uncomfortable than they had ever intended on being. And, or, you know, they, I can think of it a couple of examples when, uh, I'm going to call my, my man out, uh, Mark, I'm using his name because I thought this was <laughs> funny. Um, he had said, he had asked me right before the, the competition, Hey Blake, do you think I can do the, the 10 ring dips? And I had him show me one or two, and based upon the standards, I looked him square in the eyes and I said, "Mark, I think you should do the easier standard." <laughs> <laughs> and then I look over at him again, and and uh, during the competition, he's doing the ring dip. Did he do him? And he got he failed like the last rep. Oh. He, did, he didn't oh. get any of the points. And you know what? I I think that was a great call by Mark because he was damn close. And, yeah. And you know, even in practice, it you know when you're not all hyped up and and all of that stuff, yeah. like he didn't, he didn't quite make it, but you have to assume risks in your life. And not every one of those risks are going to pan out, but like, that's the only way people learn what their limitations are. And you know, that's kind of where we're at.
0: Yeah. 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 Right on. Um, second one I had was, uh, keeping an open mind about failure and success. Right. So what I mean by that is kind of goes along with what you just said, but keeping in re- it's, this is really more about keeping an open mind about failure. Mm-hmm. Like if you're trying something and you don't hit it, yeah. like being okay with that and not like, Oh no, now, you know, now I'm a piece of shit. Cause I couldn't get 150 on totally. snatch or whatever. And I think that that's something that we saw a lot of that when people failed stuff, drew Mark, whoever mm-hmm. during the thing, uh, I-, I witnessed people just getting, just getting up, dusting themselves off and get like literally just getting right back at it. Yeah. And, and it, like, and it, you could almost see like their mindset was that <coughs> I failed on this one thing. Yeah. I'm going to go and try and succeed, succeed on the next thing.
1: What, what more can you do? You know?
0: Yeah. It's what, what exactly. And I think that that's something that's key. Um, second, the third thing would be is to recognize, we talked about this a little bit, but recognizing the power of your environment mm-hmm. and you know, where we keep talking about the positive environment in here. And, but I think it's also important to recognize like a negative environment too. Like sure. you're in, when you're in circumstances where you're, I told you about this before and you're dealing with stuff at work, which is super negative or you're around negative people, what, how, how pervading or prevailing that can be in your own life uh, versus if you're around positive people. So whatever you can do to create a positive environment sure. and positive people around you, I think actually spurs you to greater heights.
1: Something – so something that pops into my head that could probably be be confusing for someone as a a positive environment can probably mean different things. And I'll use like an example or a couple of analogies here. Could be if you like – let's say you want to drink less or you don't you want to stop drinking or something like that or you want to have better food habits and you have a group of friends who like friday night you go get pizza and then you just get hammered or something like right. that <laughs> like that's probably a super positive environment like when you're out there drinking and having yes. fun and i'm not saying anyone shouldn't indulge every once in a while and enjoy those things but keep going jake um, we love you yeah <laughs> but if you are like you've decided that it's more important for your life and happiness and well-being to do that that activity less then that may not not be in an environment that's good for you yeah, and totally. either you need to you know communicate or develop some strategy to you know not maybe you suggest to that group of friends hey like i what do you guys think about doing this or even being open and saying like hey this is what's going on with me i'm trying not to drink as much or i'm trying to yeah. uh you know, like, what do you guys think about changing up the food options to where we have different choices? Um, and you can either change the environment or if, you know, those people are just like giving you a hard time and and uh, just like, oh, no, we don't want to do that. Or like, that's what they're about. Then you might just have to change your your peer, peer environment or change yeah. who your friends are um, and make sure that they're a little bit more in line with you. So I thought that was just a, an interesting paradox because I I'm yeah. thinking to myself like, well, like, what are examples of positive environments that are having a negative impact. Right. You know right. What I right, mean right. like
0: that. And now we're going to stop this podcast to do, um, my soapbox, um, PCA, is it called PCA public service announcement? Yep. Uh, as it relates to drinking, because my feeling about drinking is uh-huh. not that you're asking cause you're not, I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. Um, is that I think it's absolutely ridiculous that when you go out, if you go out with friends, that it's just assumed that you're gonna drink. Yeah. My entire life, probably not including college, but after college, through because college you just got hammered all the time. But after college, there'd be a thousand, thousand times where I wouldn't drink at all. hmm Not because I have a problem with alcohol, but just because I don't feel like it. Because I don't feel like feeling shitty the next day or it's not going to make me more happy or, you know, make me more fun or whatever. Yeah. Just like, and I've had tons and tons of people ask me like, okay, oh, you don't drink? Oh, geez. Really? Do you, are you you sober? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, no, I just don't feel like freaking drinking. So for anyone listening to this right now, like, look, man, if you don't feel like drinking, you can do everything Blake said, or you could just tell your friends, I I don't feel like drinking.
1: Yeah, and if, I'm good. And, and like, and if, if, if they, they give you a hard time, then, then, like, then you're not your like, friends. They're probably not your friends. They're not
0: your friends. Yeah. I mean, I had plenty. Of, I mean, I, I can I can count on maybe one hand the number of times people gave me a hard time about drinking after I told them I didn't feel like drinking. Yeah. And and like, and I also know that I don't hang out with any of those people. Yeah. Anymore. Like, because your real friends they could give two shits about whether you drink or not. It's not going to affect them. Yeah. remotely.
1: may I extend that out a little bit? Let's go. One of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah. Let's do it. So man. one of one of this bonus section, you're welcome. Yeah, bonus bonus round. One of the things I, I cannot stand most in the world is like the cultural norm of it being like a Friday night. or And I don't care whether it's drinking or food or whatever your indulgence is. But this idea of like, I don't know how many times somebody will hold a cupcake in front of my face and be like, "It's my birthday! Aren't you going <laughs> to eat this cupcake?" I'm like, "I don't like your cupcake, right?" And it's not my birthday. birthday. <laughs> <laughs> it's your um, birthday. You eat it. Or, or you know, it's Friday. It's Saturday. Yeah. It's, it's Hump Day. It's yeah. It's like, Monday in football. And, and it's just such a like burden to have like have to carry that around all the time. Yeah. Um and. It's if like you, an escape, right? It's got to be an escape. If and then you're or, a peer, if you're a peer pressure who uses that on a regular basis, then stop it. Yeah, stop it's, doing that it's shit. Terrible.
0: That stop. Uh, and
1: here's another PSA
0: on oh. top of that. <laughs> to going on that one how it. about the people who say, like, the people who are married who say, like, "Oh, dude, let's go out for let's go out for drinks Thursday." My wife's, you know, my wife and kids are out of town, so I want to go nuts. Yeah. I'm always like, well, what the dude? You should be going nuts with your wife. Yeah. I yeah. guess why you married her? Totally. Come on.
1: Anyway. That's a whole different thing. I was story. gonna go in a really weird direction with that no, no, right. I, 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 really right. I looked you in the eyes and then no, I pulled I said, back. Yeah, let's I was not like, do that. Once
0: the eye contact happened, that's yeah. bad. Last thing I'll say on this how to harness your inner power, getting back to the original podcast, yeah. is resetting, you know, frequently resetting your ideals of actually what you achieve. And to me, this is all about belief, mm-hmm. right? Like we have talked about a thousand times. Like the people in here who were able to PR and do better than they thought, you know, the 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 number one thing we probably saw emotion from them was happiness, right? But the second emotion that I think I saw from them was surprise. Like they were legitimately, like legit surprised. Yeah. They're like, holy shit, I just did, you know, blah, blah, blah on the totally. On the blah, blah, blah. And and it's I think it's crazy. But well, tell me, tell me about your thoughts on that. Resetting yeah. your ideals. Like
1: in in resetting your ideals, I think that one of the major themes in all of our podcasts and conversations here has just been trying to cultivate as much self-awareness as you can yeah. and you know in this athletic context if you are very clear on what you're capable of and have the experiences and like I you know I can go in absurd levels of detail on you know my likelihood of hitting a certain movement at a certain poundage and how many times I've I've done that approximately and what weight I could hit on a really good day or what I might be able to do on my worst day and everything in between. Um, the, those who are just most clear on what they're capable of through experience, um, are the ones who set themselves up to have those positive experiences because a, you're going to make more appropriate decisions. Like if you've done the work and you know that you can do 200, but you know, you might have a chance on a good day at 205, but if you're a knucklehead and you're just being greedy and, or don't have that much self-awareness, you may make a big jump to 215. Right. Like that person doesn't know themselves well enough to make the decision on, on what, you know, how to extend themselves. Right. Um, and so that's kind of what I mean by that is, is developing that self-awareness is something that you have to earn. Yeah. Through putting in the work and, (laughs) and understanding, uh, you know, what you're, you're capable of, you know, through trial and error basically. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think that the, um,
0: and maybe another way to look at this is like, as it, from an ideals perspective is that you think of like your limitations and your weaknesses and your strengths as all being fluid
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that, you know, that they are going to
1: come again, <laughs> a fluid <laughs> fluid, oh. fluid, fluid
0: F L U I D. Okay. Think. You know? And so that, so that they're malleable and that they are going to yeah. change. And yeah. Yeah. So resetting your ideals. Like, I mean, if I look at, you know, my ideals when I first started this place, however many years ago, was like, I want to be able to do one pull up. Yeah. You know, and 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 you can't do one and, anymore. Open one day that one day that that, day that's, that happens again <laughs> after my surgery. He's in, he's injured. People, we got him to yeah. do a pull. Yeah, I will, I got I was able to get ten pull ups at one time. That yeah, boy. Those were the days. Yeah. Was great. <laughs> anyway, this is awesome, man. How to harness your inner power? I, it was amazing. The competition was fantastic. I'm so glad you put it on. Um, we can come back another time and talk about who you thought was the best male judge. Oh my God! Excluding you, he's not. He Any won't areas. let this go, people. And it just I'm just. Throwing that out there might, you know, there's a lot of good judges out there. (laughs) No, but that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Blake, you got anything else? Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Jim. Happy Thanksgiving, Blake. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast today. Really appreciate you guys listening in. If you like what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And you can always check us out online at HeroUpMedia.com. HeroUpMedia.com. Talk to you guys soon.